Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Now this is the, uh, the Hebrews 11 is considered the faith chapter, uh, the faith heroes chapter. And uh, I'm not going to read the entire chapter. You may want to at a different time, but for the sake of time this morning, I'm just going to read verse 8 down through verse 10. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. He obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. That's faith. When you're willing to obey the Lord without knowing or understanding what God is calling you to do or where he's calling you to, but you're willing to move forward, that's faith. So Abraham obeyed. He went out not knowing whether he, where he was headed. By faith, the Bible says he sojourned. That word sojourn means stayed temporarily in a place. He sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10 is where I want you to turn your attention to. It says, For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And I believe that we find in that last verse that we just read, verse 10, I believe that we find the catalyst for what kept Abraham moving forward. I just want to speak to you uh, today, entitled this lesson, message, whatever you want, want to call it, Don't Get Stuck. Don't Get Stuck. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jones. Uh, it has been an interesting week with the weather that we've had uh, in our area, and um, I had a little mix-up over the last couple weeks uh, in my vacation schedule. Uh, what I thought to be uh, to my disadvantage actually turned out to my advantage. Uh, in my planner, I write down all my weeks of vacation and uh, so that I'm uh, scheduled a year in advance. We, we bid on our vacations at Federal Express sometime around late March, early April. And our vacation year goes from June 1st to May 31st. And so uh, we get these pieces of paper that tell us what weeks we've chosen, whether they've been approved or denied. And uh, having the seniority that I have, uh, pretty much everything that I ask for, uh, I get. Uh, been with them long enough to have that, uh, that leverage there, that seniority that allows me to choose pretty much whatever I want. And for some reason, I wrote down in my planner that I was actually on vacation the, the last week of January. I usually take a week in January just to decompress from the Christmas holiday season and uh, uh, just relax. Sometimes we'll go someplace and sometimes we just hang around. And this was one of those weeks that was just a, a staycation for us and we weren't really planning on doing anything. And up until I got an invitation uh, a couple of weeks ago to attend a very small leadership conference uh, up uh, near Chicago. And typically, I'm not able to attend those things, but uh, 
my friend called and invited me to this, and uh, I said, you know what? I just happened to be on vacation that week. I think we can make it. So we made plans to attend that. It was going to be a, a great time, uh, fellowship and learning and instruction. And I uh, called my brother-in-law, and I asked him if he and his wife would like to go along with us, take a little trip. We hadn't traveled together since uh, we moved to Sparta about 16 years ago. And we thought it'd be fun to just take an overnighter with them. And they they just happened to have uh, the time off to do it as well. And so we, we made plans for that. And uh, I always, uh, on my last day of work for the work week, checked the next week's schedule. And I looked at the next week's schedule and found out that I was on the schedule, that I was not off on vacation. So uh, I got a hold of my boss and I said, hey, I think there's been some kind of a mistake here. I'm, I'm on vacation this next week. And uh, he said, no, I don't believe you are. He said, I believe uh, what I have down is you're on vacation the following week. I said, well, is there any chance that I could get that week swapped out? We could just swap weeks. I said, they only allow a certain amount of people off at the same time. And, and so he said, let me check. And he came back and he said, unfortunately, I can't give you Thursday and Friday off. I can give you Saturday off. I can swap you a Saturday. So you'll work Thursday, Friday, and then you'll be off Saturday that you need for the, the conference you're trying to go to, which worked out great. He said then, Next week, he said, you'll be off Thursday and Friday, but you'll have to come in the Saturday of your vacation. We'll swap those two Saturdays around for you so you're able to make the conference. And I appreciated that. I know my boss is always trying to do what he can to make life a little bit easier. And uh, sometimes the answer is no. And so, but this time it worked out. And so uh, we went on our uh, trip up to Chicago and had a great time. And uh, we came back home. My wife and I were sitting around having a little supper together. Uh, one evening, she's looking at her phone, at the weather forecast. She said, it looks like we're going to get hit hard Wednesday night. And I immediately tensed up from her saying that because I knew that I had to go back into work that Thursday. And uh, uh, I, I thought about that hour-long commute on a good dry day is now going to be maybe a two-hour, two-hour and 15-minute commute and a uh, stressful time of just trying to get to work. And then once I get to work, I what I do, I drive. And so I knew it was going to be a tough day. And then it dawned on me as we were sitting there, and I my head shot up, and I looked at my wife, and I said, wait a second, I'm on vacation this week. I had forgotten that I swapped only Saturday around. I was still in vacation mode of last week. And so uh, I did not have to go into work that Thursday or Friday. Uh, my first work day was yesterday where I had to go back to work. And so I had was able to miss uh, all of that bad weather, that commute up there. And and uh, that's the good part of my story. Now, now, now it shifts just a little bit. Yesterday we went into work and... Uh, the whole crew was there. Typically, on Saturdays, I'll go uh, open up our station, drive over to St. Louis, and pick up my freight from there and go out and do my route and come back and then close the station down at the end of the night in Collinsville. And so uh, yesterday, I walked in, and everybody was there. The whole crew was there, uh, minus maybe just a handful. Almost everybody was working yesterday trying to get caught up because, as I found out, uh, they had to completely shut down all operations on Thursday. And so the crew was in there trying to make up for lost time and trying to get things delivered. And so I, I went to my boss and I, 
I, I said, okay, today's obviously going to be different. What's your expectation? What are you looking for out of me today? And, and he told me three things. He said, deliver what you can. He put me in an area that I'm familiar with, way out east, around the Salem, Illinois area. Put me way out there, and uh, uh, I was happy with that. But he said, get what you can delivered. He said, be back to the station by five, no later than 5 o'clock. And the last thing he said, he looked me square in the eye and said, and don't get stuck. That's the title of my message today, don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. He said, don't get stuck. And then he was joking around with me a little bit. He said, uh, he said if you get stuck out there, he said, I'm not coming to get you, which I really couldn't blame him for saying that because where I was at, it's an hour and 20-minute drive from from our station just to get into the area that I began to deliver at. And uh, he, he, of course, began to laugh. He said, no, I would come and get you. I said, I know, probably three or four days later after I'm frozen into a popsicle, but you'd come after me eventually. And uh, we had a good little chuckle about it, and that was burned in my mind. And so, so get out and deliver what you can. Be back by five. Don't get stuck. That's pretty simple instructions. I've been there long enough to, I like simplicity. I've been doing this a long time. I've got just a few months to go. Keep it simple for me right now. I don't need all the complications. Just let me get in, do my job, tell me what you need me to do. I'll, I'll do the best I can at it, and we'll, we'll all go home. Uh, everybody's happy. Things started out pretty good yesterday. It was a nice, easy drive. All the main highways were clear. Uh, it still took an hour and 20 minutes just to get out to the area that I was uh, to begin my deliveries in, but I was knocking off deliveries pretty quick. As a matter of fact, after two and a half hours, I probably had three-quarters of my deliveries done already, and, and things were going really smoothly, and I was way ahead of where I thought I would be until, I don't know if those that attend this church that are listening in this morning, you might remember me telling a story about being out on this same in this same area probably a year and a half ago, and I... I took a road that was really not a road. It was more of a path through a field, but I could see the destination just not too far ahead, and I decided to take a chance and immediately knew that I had made a mistake, and I got on that muddy road, and I was bouncing and hitting some chug holes, but I just kept on moving, and somehow, someway, with the help of the Lord, I was able to get down that muddy road, And uh, but I, I knew that the chances of me ever doing that again uh, would be very slim, and so I decided to never, never take that road again. Well, that road looks completely different when it has about nine inches of snow on top of it, and so I found myself in the same place, not realizing I was on that same stretch of road yesterday. It had been a long time since I had been out there, and so uh, I could see the the road that I needed to be on. I could see the place that I was at, it was probably close to a mile, uh, and there were tire tracks down this this lane. You couldn't tell that they need to be able to somehow differentiate between two-wheel drive vehicle tire tracks and four-wheel drive vehicle tire tracks because the tire tracks themselves did not distinguish between the difference. But now that, uh, that I have been through what I've been through yesterday, I now know uh, that it had to be four-wheel drives that were going down that lane. And it wasn't too long after I got started and, and uh, uh, committed to that road that I realized this is the same road that 
almost got me stuck a year and a half, two years ago, except for back then it was mud covered, not snow covered. But there was no turning around. There was no going backwards. There was only trying to keep on moving forward. Once I started down that road, I was committed. No reverse, only ahead. And you guessed it. With the memory of the last thing my boss said still ringing in my ears, I got stuck. The wheels finally began to spin. The vehicle was not moving forward any longer. And before I got myself too stuck, overly stuck, I decided to stop, assess the situation. Now, <clears throat> no one was around that area in what I now know is a muddy lane through a cornfield any other time of the year, a place that's to be avoided like, like a sneeze in a COVID-19 pandemic. You should stay away from it as much as you can. I, I, I just remember what my boss told me as he looked at me. He said, get as much delivered. Check. Be back here by 5. No problem. I'll be more than happy to be back there by 5. And don't get stuck. I have a little bit of pride. And so as I stepped out of that truck, I grabbed the snow shovel that was inside of the truck, and I had taken some tubes of sand before I left our station yesterday morning and threw them in the back of the truck for a little bit of extra added weight, not really thinking that I would need to use that sand for anything more than weight, but I found myself in a situation where that sand was going to come in awful handy. Probably still had a half a mile to go. And I'm looking at this truck in the middle of this field with no help coming, and instead of shooting a flare up in the air, I decided in my mind that I was going to do everything I could to get myself out of that situation. I didn't call my boss looking for help. I didn't call a tow truck to try to come get me out and have to explain to my boss that I had done exactly the opposite of what he told me to do. I, I, I was going to fix this myself. I was going to start digging, and that's what I did. I grabbed that shovel. I began to get down underneath those wheels and those tires, and I grabbed that sand. I began to throw a little sand underneath the tires and into the pathway, and inch by inch, foot by foot, sometimes five or six foot at a time, sometimes maybe 50 or 60 foot at a time, if I could get enough traction. I began to move forward until the truck would stop again, and I'd have to start all over again. Well, this went on for about an hour, and I had gotten about a quarter mile further down the lane towards, towards the road that was clear so I could be onward towards my destination. I had no idea. I had no idea that there was going to be a truck that was going to come to my rescue. As I'm digging, I'm probably still a quarter mile away from where I'm trying to get to. I've been working for an hour. I know it was cold yesterday, about 17 degrees, but I was sweating. I was trying to get myself 
unstuck. I wasn't sitting waiting for help. I was doing something, trying to get myself out of the situation when all of a sudden a truck passed. It was probably the first vehicle I had seen that entire hour that I'd been out there in the middle of that field. And it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen when I saw the brake lights come on and that truck slow down. Then the reverse lights came on and that truck began to back down that lane towards where I was at. I had never seen what an angel looks like, but but I had no idea it looked like a couple of country boys. Father and son back up to my truck. They throw me a a, a, a line, and I, I all I can say is this. I had no idea that angels drove four-wheel drive Chevys, but God is obviously a Chevy man, obviously, because he sent two angels and a Chevy to get me out of that situation I was in. They throw me a toe strap. I'm pretty sure I heard a heavenly choir singing in the background as that truck backed up and we began to strap my truck up to the the, the ball of the back of their truck and they began to rev that truck up and get ready to pull me out of there. So I uh, hitched my truck to the back of theirs and very slowly they began to pull me out of that situation. They finally got me up to the the road, it didn't take long at all, maybe just five or six minutes, and we were on our way. The guy asked me as we were in conversation once I was pulled to safety, he said, so did you call a tow truck? Is there some a tow truck that you need to cancel? And I just looked at him, and I said, no. I, I said, I didn't call anybody. He said, does your boss know you're out here? I said, no, I, I wasn't about to call my boss. I, I kind of explained to him the situation. I said, the last thing my boss said to me was, don't get stuck. I said, I was going to do everything I could on my own to get out of this situation besides call my boss and tell him I need help. He just kind of looked at me a little funny. But I just looked at him and I said, hey, my boss told me don't get stuck. I'll take you back to Abraham, to our text today. Why was Abraham such a great success story? Was it because he never made a mistake? Was it because he never got sidetracked or wound up in a place that he was in for a while that he really didn't want to be? Was it because he, he never had to work hard to get out of a, a fix that he was in? No. It was because he never saw where he was at on this earth as a permanent place. Abraham, the Bible says, was a sojourner. He was somebody that understood that everything here is temporary. And so Abraham understood that he was not to fixate his gaze upon anything on this earth. His sight was set on somewhere beyond himself. His sight was set upon a destination, and he never took his eyes off of the destination. Now, there were times where 
he would find himself in a place where all he could do was spin his wheels. He found himself in places that he had to dig his way out of, but he never lost sight of where he was trying to get to. He was a sojourner. He was in this world, but not of this world. His eyes were not set upon the here and now, but the Bible says that he fixed his gaze upon a city whose builder and maker is God. Friend, if there's something to be learned from today, I would say to you, don't set your gaze upon anything in this world. This world will one day pass away. This world, everything that you own will belong to somebody else or it'll wind up in a junk heap someplace. It'll wind up in a rust pile someplace. Everything here is temporary. So don't set your goals upon things that are going to one day be passed away. Set your eyes as Abraham set his eyes on a city whose builder and maker is God. There are three things that I want to tell you today as I wrap this message up. Three things that being in that situation I was in yesterday taught me. Once I started down the road that I was on yesterday, I was committed to it. There was no stopping, put it in reverse, and going backwards. I tried. I couldn't get anywhere doing that. I had to move forward to get anywhere. Even though when I was moving forward, it might have been an inch at a time or a foot at a time or very short distance at a time. And in your walk with God, when you begin this walk, it's not a walk that you need to veer off of someplace. It's not a walk that, yes, there are times when you may find yourself stuck and there may be times in your walk with God where you find yourself not moving forward. You have to work your way out of it, but don't ever look backwards. Continue to move towards your destination, and the way that you can do that is by keeping your gaze fixed upon the destination, not where you're currently at. Commit to the road that you're on. Don't give up to and decide to set up residence in a place that God just has you there for you to work your way out of. Now, I've seen the types of trucks that I drive turned into campers. There's people that have taken the back of these high-top vans, these uh, turned them into places where they can travel wherever they want to travel, set up shop wherever they want to set up, and they've turned the back of these vans into a place to dwell in can you imagine if I would have decided, well, here I am. I'm just stuck. I'm just going to have to wait. Maybe maybe somebody come get me out and just decided that I was just going to have to live there. I wouldn't have lasted very long. Sometimes I've watched people in their walk with God and their journey with God on the road that God has called them down. They get a little bit stuck, and so they give up, and they stay right where they, you were never intended to sit still in your walk with God. God calls you. He told Abraham, he said, I want you to go. Where am I going, God? That I'm not going to tell you. I just want you to go. Let me tell you something. God does not always give us the inside scoop 
of our future. But God has called us to a place. And all I know is that I may not know what tomorrow holds, but I know that at the end of my life, if I continue to move forward, if I continue to love God, if I can continue to serve God, and when I do get stuck or when I find myself in a, in a terrible situation, don't just sit there and set up camp. No, grab a shovel, grab some sand, grab whatever you can and begin to dig your way out of that thing. Whether you're moving inches or you're moving feet until somebody finally comes along, God sends an angelic being your way. God sends some help your way and digs you the rest of the way out. Because God does not want you to fail. He said, I've come to seek and save that which was lost. Don't stop and camp in a place that God intends for you to dig out of. And the third thing is just because you might be delayed doesn't mean that you'll never get to your destination. Some things don't go as we plan. I look around today, and I, 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 we have never canceled this much church. I, I, I cannot remember a time in my lifetime when we've had to thank God for online services where we can still get the word of the Lord. Thank God for that, for this avenue where we can continue to, to offer something. It's not like being in-house. But we don't just give up and we don't just quit. We're just having to roll with the punches right now. But I've seen this church go through some things. And I've seen this church draw closer to each other. And I've seen this church draw closer to God. We're depending upon him. But right now, there is a spirit of distraction that would like to get us to just say, you know what, it's never going to be any better than it is right now. I say no. No, it's going to become better. As long as we keep our eyes fixed upon the destination, God has a place he wants us to be. And if we'll just keep on digging, if we'll keep on plotting, if we'll keep on putting one foot in front of the other, we are going to make that destination our home. Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. I just refused to stop digging yesterday. In my mind, there was never a question that I wasn't going to eventually get out of that situation. I haven't shoveled that much snow in a long time. I've shoveled some driveways, a couple of driveways this past week. But when you're looking at a half a mile worth of shoveling, it's a little bit of a daunting challenge. But there was something in me that I couldn't get rid of, and that was the sound of my boss's voice telling me, don't get stuck. I took that pretty serious. The boss said, don't get stuck. And so I'm not going to get stuck here. I'm not going to give up here. It may take me an hour, two hours. It may take me three or four hours to get out of here. But I see where I'm going, and I'm not going to stop looking. Every time I looked up, I was a little bit closer. Until finally, those two gentlemen showed up. They made it oh so much easier. But I wonder 
would they have even spotted me from where they were at on that road had I not dug that extra quarter mile down the, down the lane? Would they even realize I was out there in trouble until I got a little bit closer on my own? Don't quit digging your way out of the place that you feel like you're stuck in. Just remember, the Bible says the race, not to the swiftest, but the one that endures to the end. You just got to keep on digging sometimes. Got to put your shoulder, put some effort into it. Got to break a sweat every once in a while. Knowing that it's unpleasant, but there's nothing worse than just admitting defeat and stopping. Keep digging. Keep throwing the sand under the wheels. I got a feeling that if we'll do our part, that God's got a rescue on the way. There's an angel that can be sent to your aid today but only if you refuse to give up. It's not to the swiftest. It's the one that hangs in all the way until the end that the prize goes to. So I'll just tell you today, don't forget that where we're at in this moment is a temporary place. Don't get fixated upon where we are. Well, let's keep our eyes on where we're headed. Let's keep our eyes on the destination. The best part of my day yesterday was making that delivery, that sweet delivery of that package. The very first package that I delivered after I got out of that situation. It was a joy to be back on that road again. It was a joy to be moving at full speed again. Back on the road doing what I needed to get done, done. But it would have never happened had I just given in and decided I'm stuck. So listen to me today. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck here. Don't get stuck in your problem. Don't get stuck in your mess. Dig your way out until God sends help to you. You are sojourners. You are sojourners. The Bible says, the man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back, not, to fit to, not fit to be in the field. The answer's not behind you, friend. That's what the Egyptians said. Why'd you bring us out here to die? He, Moses didn't bring them out there to die. Moses brought them out there to show how God could provide for them. What did he provide? He provided a way of escape. He provided a way to destroy their enemies that were chasing them. He provided shoes for their feet, clothes for their body, food for their belly. He provided all of those things, but only because they continued to move forward. We're better off in Egypt. No, you're never better off in Egypt. 
You're never better off in Egypt. Keep moving forward until you get to the end. Keep moving forward until you reach your destination. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.